So, this is Bike Drive episode 147. I know it's been a while, but we're back and we're live and we have a legendary guest in the building. Bike Drive starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome back to another episode of Fight Drive. This is the podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech, and today we have the return of a legendary guest. That's right, we got my man, the legendary fiery apple sheep himself, Mr. Drew A.K.A. Taylor of Tay. Thanks for bringing me on. I'm glad to be back. You're back. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited, and it's been far too long. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Way too long, (laughs) man, but I'm glad to have you back, though. I appreciate you making the time as usual, man. Thank you. Absolutely. I admire your energy. I I wish I could wake up with that amount of... Listen, man, I have been watching your content for about or three or four years now, I know when you go into that Apple Sheep Overdrive, you bring it man. It's been a while, but when you do it, bro, it's amazing. Yeah, I got to work up to it. I get headaches. I got to stretch. I got to, you know, you gotta stretch run it out, marathons. There's all kinds of preparation. <laughs> oh, man. You know, before we get into anything, though, man, like I said, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you since uh, before the pandemic started as far as the podcast goes. So Has it been that long? It's been before. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Actually, you know, oh. actually, maybe we have talked during the pandemic, but it's been it's been over a year, I think. So too long. How, how have you been holding up, man? How have you been holding up? Seriously, you know, I not bad. I I'm not happy about obviously people who got sick and everything, but as far as uh, introverts go, wasn't too bad. I I think I was kind of uh, optimized for quarantine setup long before quarantine set in because I started working from home April of 2019. So by the time everyone was saying work from home, stay at home, I was kind of at home all the time anyway. Yeah, you you made that transition because you had the office, but then you kind of get the office and you went to working from home. So you you were already prepared. Yeah, I think it it was a maturing process because at first I... I watched, you know, MKBHD or I watched uh, Austin Evans or John Morrison or whatever. And I was like, well, channel's growing. I can make a living at this now. I better get a giant studio because that's what everybody does. And I want to feel like, you know, I've got tons of space. I've got tons of room. And I and it was fun. I enjoyed having all that space. But financially, it made so little sense because I was basically standing uh, in front of a wall. Uh, and I was like, well, there's probably cheaper ways to stand in front of a wall and talk about tech products so <laughs> instead of spending thousands of dollars and the the electric bill there was almost as much as the rent there so it was like a grand on rent and a grand on electricity and the, the wi-fi bill was way higher so i was like i don't think this is a good idea long term so let's let's you know plant some roots and find a place that can be a bit more permanent so it was uh a, a less a fun decision to be like let's work from home and let's work in a smaller space but financially it just made so much more sense i was right i was lucky i didn't go homeless back then because i could have i was doing things paycheck to paycheck and i was not putting away anything in retirement or savings so it, it could have gone very very badly very quickly if i if i would have had any dip in income or anything so as soon as uh it made sense to 
move into a smaller place, I was like, okay, let, let's put some money aside so that I don't I don't end up homeless if uh, Apple doesn't have a keynote this month or something. That'd right. be bad. Now, I'm not going to get into the recent life changing that you made with your channel. If you guys want to see what I see with the channel updates, you can if you want. I don't mind. Uh, what I will say though is that you have always been like one of the best creators of diversifying your income. I mean, you oh, have you. everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you have like multiple YouTube channels, you have a Twitch, you have a Patreon, you have merchandise. So, I, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. for the last few months, I've been I've been uh, hosting rooms and things about teaching people how to grow on YouTube and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And we always talk about diversifying your income and not having your eggs in one basket. And like I said, you have been like the president of education, <laughs> bro. So you've been doing big things with that. So you are definitely a good example of how to diversify your income for sure. And I'm not following my own advice now. Huh? <laughs> making the wrong. <laughs> making the wrong call. I, I will agree it's probably a great idea when you're starting out and when you're first uh getting off the ground. Um and I like I think when you're when you're first trying to turn it into a full-time position, it makes sense to diversify. I think I've just now gotten into more of a steady and more stable point of life to where even if YouTube crashed and burned, you know, I don't have to worry about uh keeping the lights on or anything. You know, we've we've got a lot of money in savings and investments. So we we've just planned things out safer so that we can afford to have less diversification. And um obviously yeah, the EV channel's doing pretty well. So that's that's picked up for any slack the tech channel has. So it's it's still through YouTube, but it at least allows me to cover and go into news that's outside of Apple when Apple has their dry season and when things get boring in the tech right. community, which happens. So yep. when I have something exciting in the EV community to talk about, it kind of compensates for that. So we we talked a long time about all the compromises or all the drawbacks and cons of switching off of Twitch and Patreon and everything. And long term, I think I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think you built up enough of a of a, a portfolio to be able to do that. So you should be fine. But this is a podcast about tech, so I'll be missing about oh, yeah. talking about some tech with you. Of so, course. So let's let's talk about our, our favorite subject, Apple. Uh, mm -hmm. iPad. iPad has been big in the news. Um, I want to talk about a recent video you made, though, because you, Drew, are ditching the Magic Keyboard. So you know what's funny? <laughs> 35 minutes ago, I just sold it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. So let's start there. Yeah. I, I have a Magic Keyboard. I love my Magic Keyboard. I wasn't about to pay full price to get a, a slightly updated one. So I'm still using mm -hmm. the one from last year. Which, which that was crazy. Yeah, because the, the Apple releasing a new one made little no sense to me. But <laughs> while you get yours, because I, I I love mine, I think it's amazing. It kind of changed the way I use my iPad Pro. But you're like, no, I'm done with it. So talk about that decision for you to ditch it. Yeah, I really liked it too. Like it was high on my list. I think it was like my favorite Apple product of last year. Um, but when I go but when I went back and watched all of my older videos about the Magic Keyboard case, a lot of it was kind of writing on iPad OS getting better mm. or, or pro applications coming or at least more video codecs and that kind of thing. And it's a great keyboard case. And I still, to this day, will not say it's overpriced. Uh, a lot of people will. Um, I, I'm still in the boat of like nothing really on the market can do what that can as right. well. And I really enjoyed using it when I did. But um, after iPad OS uh, 15 came out and was just this tremendous, in my opinion, a downgrade with the taking away the today view and there really wasn't much functionality brought to it. Um, it it kind of made me realize that uh, Apple doesn't want the iPad to become more than an iPad. They just want it to stay in that category. So having this $350 case 
that's going to lock me into this size so that moving forward, I'm always going to want to buy the 12.9 inch size and I'm always going to be expecting it to be kind of, uh, you know, laptop ter- territory because it's got a keyboard and a trackpad. So I'm like, come on, why can't it do laptop things? After iPad OS 15, though, I'm like, okay, Apple clearly doesn't want this to be laptop replacement, uh, despite the marketing department saying, you know, replace your computer, replace this or whatever. But of course, they still sell MacBooks, and Macs are getting a ton of attention now with Apple Silicon and everything. And I think that's where Apple is. Uh, sending all their love in the ecosystem is right towards the Mac line. So I was like, well, if the iPad's just going to be an iPad, I don't want to treat it like it's a laptop. So just to see if I could get used to it, I switched off of the Magic Keyboard case just temporarily to see if I could get comfortable again with the Smart Folio cover, which is what I'm using now. And I still had it (laughs) sitting in the closet for over a year doing nothing. So I switched to the Folio and I went back to using the virtual keyboard and I was like, you know, if if this is all an iPad's going to be good at, you know, media consumption, video thumbnails and everything. Plus, we're getting universal uh, through Mac OS. So I'll be able to control my iPad with the same keyboard and mouse I control my Mac with. If Apple just sees it as an accessory to the Mac, then that's how I'm going to use it. I don't see the point in letting the keyboard case just slowly devalue over time <laughs> and uh, in the future, I'd like to feel open to trying out different sizes, an 11-inch iPad Pro or a, or even an iPad Mini someday or something. I don't, I don't want to feel like because I dropped all this money on the keyboard case, I have to always get that size. And I did want to keep it way back when I thought the iPad was going to get a lot more software to take advantage of the hardware. And after this year's quadruple UDC, I'm just like, this ain't happen. This <laughs> it's not going anywhere. So I just, I should just hop off this train now. But it was still good. I still enjoyed it. Um, but I, I just didn't want to be restricted to it in the future. Right. So I find it fascinating that you're reasoning it for addition it because of what Apple is doing with iOS, uh, iPad OS 15. So that was kind of where I was going next. So let's talk about that. So big, big controversy. Well, slightly in the tech community, slight controversy. I guess probably outside of the tech community, this is not a big thing. But in the tech community, this has been a big controversy lately with iPad OS 15 and what it's not doing for the iPad and things like that. So as reviewers, we are always teaching our viewers to buy tech for what it does today, not right. what it does tomorrow. But exactly for whatever reason, Drew, us reviewers, we kind of got caught up in the potential of iPad when these new iPad Pro came out because they had two terabyte storage options. They had oh, yeah. 16 gigabytes of RAM on an iPad, which Apple actually talked about. They never talked about how much RAM in an iPad. I know. I thought that was so weird that they right. finally brought that up. But they brought <laughs> they how much RAM is. So they brought these iPads out about a month or so before WWDC. So all of us were thinking, all right, we got two terabytes of storage, 16 gigabytes of RAM. Something has to be coming at WWDC that's going to justify all of this power in the iPad Pro. So fast mm-hmm. forward to WWDC. And oh my lord, the might be, probably maybe one of the biggest letdowns in the recent memory <laughs> yeah. Apple and iPad. So how do we yep. set ourselves up for the okie doke, Drew? Because we know better. History indicates that we should have never have expected all of this stuff from Apple, but we fell for it anyway, bro. <laughs> I think I, I have a hard time making sense of it too. My my best theory <laughs> that I can run with is that this debate we're all having ourselves where there's a bunch of people saying, no, the iPad's an iPad and it's not supposed to be more than that. And there's a bunch of people, I would say more people, saying, no, let's let the iPad become more. It doesn't have to become a Mac. It can become better than a Mac. It can have software just as good as the Mac, if not better. 
got the the 5G, the mini LED, the face ID. It's got all the things that the Mac doesn't. It's got LiDAR. Imagine if you had the Mac third-party, you know, 3D modeling software, but you had LiDAR built in and you had an accelerometer, you've got a touch interface if you want to use the Apple Pens. You could have one product that does so much. And I think there's a ton of people that would be in favor of that. And this same debate we're having is probably going on inside at Apple. I, I think the hardware team is on our side <laughs> and the hardware team's like, let's give it M1, let's give it tons of storage, tons of RAM, let's give it Thunderbolt, let's give it best of the best hardware, amazing 120 hertz display, all this fantastic stuff. And then the software department's like, nah, let's not let it go too much into the Mac field because this is still an iPad and we need to emphasize it's like iPhone software scaled up and we don't want it to overlap with the Mac. So Apple's kind of team is pushing for a two-in-one. Software team is pulling them back, saying no two-in-ones. We can't have a hybrid device. No, it has to be an iPad. I feel like iPad OS is good for like mid-range iPad Air and lower, you know, it's good for the budget iPad. It's good for the iPad mini. But when you're charging $2,000 plus mm. for an iPad and there's still no calculator, still no weather app, still no uh, ProRes video support, that's very intentional, in my opinion, on Apple support. That's a codec they made. That's not a third party thing. That's Apple's own codec. And they intentionally chose for the iPad not to support it. I'm like, come as, on. Uh, as somebody we know and love once said in a video, you brought dark guy, Jeff, make a weather app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right? Where? Especially, <laughs> especially with the redesigned weather app on iOS 15. Like they could totally make a full screen option with all those tiles and all that data, data and detail they put in there. And they're still like, no, weather.com. That's good enough. <laughs> I don't get it. That we don't have a dedicated weather app on iPad nor a dedicated calculator app for that matter. I don't, I don't understand. I, I know. It feels like iPad has an identity crisis to me. Like it doesn't know what it wants to be. The hardware team has an idea. The software team has a different idea, and they Ooh. can't make up their mind. It's just it's interesting because obviously the iPads now have the M1 chip, but even with the M1 chip and the extra storage and the extra RAM, the software is still what's holding it back. Even in I think in your right. iPad or if you were like, you know what, I'm done because the software just doesn't support the hardware. Um, right. And uh, a lot of times, well, recently, well, not recently, but I've always had the mindset that Apple maybe didn't want to cannibalize their Mac sale by making the iPad too overpowered or making iPad OS too on par with Mac OS. But sure. I think Steve Jobs is even on record saying that Apple doesn't care if they cannibalize their own sales as long as they're the ones doing it. So right. if Apple doesn't care about cannibalizing their own sales, then why can't we have a more powerful iPad OS? I, it literally does not make sense to me sometimes. I'm glad you think that way because I'm on the same side of like, you know, the iPhone cannibalized iPod. Yeah, like completely. Um, but that's okay. They did it. And I think part of the reason is Apple's okay cannibalizing as long as they can still retain their revenue. And all of the M1 iPads, basically, once you start configuring them with the keyboard case and everything, are far more expensive than the M1 Macs. Yeah. Like a MacBook Air is way cheaper. So I don't think it would necessarily cannibalize anything because if someone's budget is, you know, 900 or or $1,000, they're not going to be able to get an iPad Pro with a keyboard case. That's going to be like a $1,400 purchase, and that's with 128 gigs by default. MacBook Air comes with 256. And 
MacBook Pro is kind of closer, but iPad Pro, I think once you start config, you can upsell people on way more. You know, you can say, oh, you got to get you got to get the hundred twenty dollar pencil. You got to get the three hundred fifty dollar keyboard case. And also, this doesn't have a headphone jack. This doesn't have an SD card slot or whatever. So you got to buy these extra accessories. Sounds like the new MacBook Pros will have an SD card slot. So that's just another example of like the Mac will have its place and. I think that the type of people that buy Macs and iPads will still buy both because we're not talking about giving the M1X chip to the uh, to the iPad. It's still just M1. Right. So the only Macs that I'm against are MacBook Air and base model MacBook Pro. So the people who want a Mac and an iPad, they're still going to want the best silicon. They're still going to opt for M1X and get an iPad, even if the iPad supported a dual boot Mac OS method. So it's like... I don't even think the 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 revenue argument of it would cannibalize sales makes sense because like you said they cannibalized themselves in the past and I think they could make more money because right now there's probably a ton of us buying old iPad Pros uh that we've had since 2018 and we we haven't really seen a good reason to upgrade and the hardware's gotten better it's like wow it's gotten faster wow it's got the M1 chip it's got Thunderbolt but then we look at the software and we're like well I can't really do anything with all that power so why would we upgrade in my opinion, they're losing money by not making the iPad do more. I think the Mac sales will be fine, and the iPad sales would just be really, really strong if they turned it into a actual two-in-one instead of fundamental. It makes all of us hold on to our old stuff and not see a point in upgrading, which is what I think most people are going to do. Yeah, because we know, especially from our good friends like Jonathan Morrison, that there are people out there that are using the iPad as a full-fledged workhorse powerhouse. and. Mm -hmm are running their entire careers and businesses off of iPads. So right. I think if, like, to your point, if Apple did make it a little bit more functional as far as iPad OS goes, they might entice more customers into the iPad ecosystem if they were to give the iPad OS those, those uh, capabilities. But for whatever reason, they, I think they are, they are content on just making it what it is and not making it more than just an iPad. And I don't really understand why they decided to separate iOS and iPad OS. I don't At this point, I, <laughs> I got so excited way back when they announced that. They were like, yeah. iPad's getting its own OS now, its own separate thing. Back when I watched, I think it was in 2019, I watched that. I was like, ooh, now things getting interesting. iPad's right. going to become its own platform. This is it. Here we are two years later. I'm like, what was the point of that? It's basically the same OS, slightly tinkered from. Like the iPad OS segment of the keynote was like five minutes because it was like, here's a couple extra things that your iPad does now, but everything else is just borrowed over from iOS 15. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it. But uh <laughs> shout out to those of y'all who are listening on audio only. Thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Drive. Appreciate you guys rocking out each and every time I drop an episode. If you would like to support the podcast, there should be a buy me a coffee link in the show notes. You can donate whatever you want. It is not required by any means, but anything that you're willing to contribute, greatly, greatly appreciate it. If you do happen to be listening on audio and you are listening on an Apple device via Apple Podcast or whatever device you might be listening on, uh, please consider leaving a rating or review so we can get more people to know about the podcast, get it up in the Apple rankings. That will definitely help me out a lot. So thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Drive. Back to the iPad, Judo. Back to the iPad. Yes. Uh, there's some more news about, or more rumors, I shouldn't say news. There's more rumors happening about the iPad. Mm -hmm. There was a report out there a few days ago that Apple was potentially considering making bigger size iPads. I find this, um, I'm not really all that excited about it because I kind of feel like 
if you're going to make the iPad bigger at that point, it's a MacBook. I mean, we have 13 inch <laughs> MacBook Air, our 16 inch MacBook Pro, which is what I'm looking at you on right now. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, do you, in your opinion, do we need bigger iPads, Drew? I don't think we need bigger ones, to be honest. I would, <laughs> I'd be very different if the iPad software could take advantage yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, exactly. uh, if we were getting pro apps and they were actually making it more functional instead of just slightly tinkered iPhone experience, then yeah, I would say, sure, give me a 16 inch version, give me a giant iPad, and I could make use of that screen. But if not, then I, yeah, I'm more in agreement with you. There's not really much to do with it. Al already, I know a lot of people that are kind of just, they think the 13 inch iPad is too big and, and would much rather with the 11 inch, it's too comfortable. So going even bigger. That's <laughs> I don't really get the point. I guess on the other side of the coin, though, I, I could also envision that Apple doesn't want the software on the iPad to get super functional. They want to make it intentionally worse than the Mac. And if that's the case, what does the hardware team do? <laughs> what do they got left? They give it OLED? They give it uh, wireless charging? It's going to be clunky on a tablet. If they got nowhere to go, then I could see the hardware team out of desperation just being like, I don't know. Make a big one, I guess. Let's <laughs> let's just throw a big one, see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, there's not a ton of people buying two terabyte, sixteen gigs of RAM iPads. Not Apple sells it. No, right. <laughs> they still sell it. I don't think that's a lot of people. And it, it could be a similar story with the sixteen inch model. It's like how many people are going to buy that? Probably twelve. But uh, they still have one. <laughs> They'll let you buy one. I guess they'll take your money. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you, Drew. I, I just don't understand the point. Although I will say that I do have the 2021 M1 iPad Pro, the 12.9 inch, and yeah. any LED display. Oh, my Lord. It is amazing. Oh, it's ahead. the best display Apple's ever made, yeah. in my opinion. But, Drew, I think we could both agree. If you have a 2020 iPad Pro or even a 2018 iPad Pro, is that many LED display enough of a reason to upgrade? No, in my opinion. Eh, yeah, no. it's a stretch. No. But it is nice, though. I will give them that. It is very nice, but it's not enough of a oh, yeah. great, definitely. I showed the mini LED iPad to my wife um, without telling her it was me. We just started watching a TV show. <laughs> and like halfway through the show, I was like, do you notice how dark the black bars are? And she was like, oh, is this the new one? <laughs> she, <laughs> she couldn't tell. <laughs> so that exactly. goes to show you like tech community versus everybody else you know? exactly the, the, the so like, oh. tech community yeah <laughs> it's the same thing with 120 hertz i know tons of people that cannot tell they don't see a difference at all whereas to me it's night and day it's like painfully obvious when a display is 60 versus 120 yeah i mean that's, that's one of those things though if you have a 60 hertz next to a 120 hertz then absolutely you could tell the difference but if you're just using one to the other thing you might not be able to tell it readily but yeah if you got next side by side you can definitely tell the difference, definitely. Mm -hmm. So let's move away from iPad. I think we talked about iPad enough. I want to talk about okay. another another kind of controversy that kind of popped up in the Apple community as far as their product goes, and that mm -hmm. is the M1 iMac versus the M1 MacBook Air. Now, you would think, Drew, I think you I think you have or had had both of these. Yep, um, yep. You would think that the desktop would perform better than the laptop, but <laughs> yeah. that is not what people are seeing in the real world You, They're telling us that the M1 MacBook Air is actually outperforming the M1 iMac. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> He's laughing. Oh, oh, boy. Here we go. Get him, Drew. Get him. <laughs> it makes no sense, right? But I, 
I can't deny that because I did review both and I, I concluded the same thing. I don't know why, um, because one has fans and one doesn't, but, uh, yeah, when I, I did an export test on the M1 MacBook Air, and it, it, they weren't an apples-to-apples apples test. You know, I did like a 4K at 65-minute video on the MacBook Air, and it was done in around seven and a half minutes. And then on the M1 iMac, I wanted to see if the, the prolonged use would make a difference, so I exported a 10-minute 4K at 60 video, and it took like uh, 17 minutes. Or it took like, ratio-wise, it took longer even if it was cut in half, it took longer than the M1 MacBook Air, which made very little sense to me. I, I, my theory could be that the M1 on the iMac has to output a higher resolution, mm -hmm. so maybe that weakens it a little bit somehow. I don't. It doesn't make perfect sense, but yeah, you, you'd think fans would would help run at a higher clock speed for longer. But that this is why I never recommended anyone buy the M1 MacBook Pro, is because I was like that fan doesn't result in better performance in my experience at least not none really that i can notice it's if it's very slight i guess the only reason to stick with the m1 macbook pro is if you're just absolutely in love with the touch bar or you need every ounce of battery life possible to me those are the only reasons don't get it for the performance that's not you won't notice so let's so let's, let's uh dig into that a little bit because obviously apple still even to this day sells intel macbook pro oh yeah uh, I have the 16-inch uh, MacBook Pro from 2019, late 2019 here. Mm -hmm. So do do uh, in your experience, since you've you've reviewed both, I I have not had an M1 MacBook yet, so I don't know how it'll perform. But since you've had them both, are the M1 MacBook are they performing that much better than the Intel MacBook Pros? Or I, I guess the question is, if you have an Intel MacBook Pro, do you absolutely need to go out and buy an M1 MacBook Pro? Uh, I won't say absolutely need just because like if you, if it's working for you and you're, you're comfortable with it, yeah, just keep using it. You know, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of theories that Apple's going to start treating their Intel Macs as second class citizens and like, you don't need updates anymore. You're screwed. You know, I don't think, uh, that's going to happen too quickly. Like I'm still, I'm talking to you via my iMac pro from 2017, still Intel and, the M1 for the, the Max it's replacing is insanely good. Uh, the, the performance you got on the last Intel MacBook Air versus the M1 MacBook Air is like night and day. It doesn't come across well in the keynote. I thought the keynote was kind of boring. You're like, it's three times faster. It's four times faster. It's two times fast. It's like, to me, it's like if you were unveiling a really fast car and you didn't do a zero to 60 test with it you just told people it was really fast by putting numbers on the screen it's like no we, we want to see it we want to experience that speed it's like just talking about how fast it is isn't that impressive so once i finally got my hands on the m1 macbook air that's when i was like holy crap this is insanely quick and the fact that it's fanless and the battery life's still great um so if you're the type of person to get a macbook air or or you want the really really cheap macbook pro or you're in the market for a mac mini that's when I would say M1 is like a definite upgrade. It's totally worth it. it. You've never been able to buy a computer with this much performance for this cheap before, let alone a Mac. So that's incredible. But um, if you're still on an Intel, you know, like you 16-inch MacBook Pro, or I know a ton of people have not upgraded to M1 simply because they need four Thunderbolt ports. And right now, every M1 Mac has two Thunderbolt Macs. Mm. Um, you can't get more than that. iMac, uh, iMac gives you four USB-C, but they're not all Thunderbolt. And there's a bunch of people just waiting for the four Thunderbolt variants to come out. 
um, or these refreshed MacBook Pros we've been hearing about for so long. So I, I would definitely say we're in a weird waiting game of trying to figure out. We know Apple's going to transition everything to that. So I would highly recommend no one buy an Intel Mac right now. <laughs> um, terrible time to buy Intel, or if you absolutely need one, try to at least find one used refurbished or on sale or something. Don't Please just don't pay brand new retail price for a for a 16 inch macbook pro or a 27 inch imac it's but yeah i think uh once the transition is is complete i think most of the transition to silicon will be done by the end of this year it'll be a lot easier to (laughs) to decide but right now we're just in this awkward middle phase where we're like uh, when do we buy do we when did the macs come if they come out in june or come out in september october is awkward middle phase yeah, I think uh, I think um, Apple has transitioned most of their uh, Mac lineup to the M1. I think we're just waiting for maybe an iMac Pro or Mac Pro or something like that. And I think those are like the, the last holdover. But uh, obviously, those will be going to be trans- uh, transitioned over there sooner rather than later. So, yeah, um, they got less than a year now. Time's ticking, too. Yeah, you got to right. get on that. <laughs> and we, we got all these rumors out there about an M1X chip or an M2 chip. So maybe you don't know ship with that. But, you know, it's coming. It's not a matter if it's only a matter of when at this point. So those are definitely yeah. coming. It's confirmed. It's not this point. It's it's happening. Yeah, a lot lot of things going on over there at Apple. Uh, so let's talk about another big update that Apple made recently, and that is to Apple Music. Now, I think for the long, I, do you use Apple Music? I think you were using Spotify for a while, right? I've di- I've ditched it now. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with it. I, I enjoyed Apple Music. But my brother in law just offered me Spotify Premium for free, and apple music couldn't compete with that (laughs) so i was like well i could have spotify for free or i could pay for apple music so i chose the the cheaper option (laughs) so you haven't had a chance to to experience the recent upgrade that apple music have made or have you i have not unfortunately but uh my good friend randy did and he's really impressed with it but the the thing is it's just probably not for me because i have tried i i have a a brother-in-law that is uh, like an audio engineer and he has the super high end, you know, quarter inch jack headphones and everything. And he's played me the, the lossless playback stuff. And I'm just like, okay. I don't, I, lo- I just still love my AirPods. I can't get off my AirPods. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the lossless thing, I, I, most, most of us normal people, I don't think we can appreciate lossless music, but the one thing that they did do with Apple Music that is incredible is the Adobe Atmo facial audio combination that the Apple has going on. Oh, mm. man. It literally changed the way you hear music, Drew. It's amazing. I oh, mean, yeah? It's already amazing for music uh, music and movies, or mu- uh, I should say movies and TV shows. But right, right. how they applied it to music, and it is diff- definitely mind-blowing, especially if you're on iOS 15. Woo, great. Okay. I'm going to try it now. I'm really curious. So can you tell the difference with Lossless or... No, losses. I, I mean, because here's the thing: you you really need like proper audio equipment to check, uh, take advantage of losses. I know you can play it from the iPhone and uh, HomePod and iPad speaker, but that's right. not really the best way to listen to music. You're not the biggest HomePod guy. <laughs> no, but but I do have the HomePod Mini, which I uh, I do like. I enjoy it, so I have one of those. Oh, good, good. It redeemed itself. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and I do want a HomePod with a display. I know there are rumors about that. I don't know where mm. to get one, but I definitely would like one. Like, the, could I have a Google Nest Hub in the back with the display? And I yeah. Like so I would love to see a HomePod with a display. So hopefully those come. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. I think they could make it really well. They probably price it just a tad too high, knowing Apple. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowing um, I've seen a lot of people with those Nest Hubs that really like them, and now they have the iCloud 
uh secure home video and stuff you can see like security cameras through there and everything and um with siri and p- playing content and having m- apple music lyrics and everything i could see them making a home pod with a ipad looking display attached to it running some variant of tvos and i think they could make something good there there's potential yeah yeah um Definitely, that would that would, that would be cool, especially yeah, like you said, if they if it would uh, come with like Apple TV Plus and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of funny because uh, the free trial for Apple TV Plus just ended in the beginning of July. I think I'm still paying for it. Uh, but I think, uh, do you still have it or did you cancel yours? I canceled as soon as they started asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> they lost they lost me there, <laughs> but uh, it was it was nice while it was there. It's I think I'm just kind of weird with my TV show preferences. Me and my wife kind of. We, we kind of enjoy watching crappy shows. You know, we have a lot of guilty pleasures and, and uh, reality shows that we, and that TV plus is like the opposite of that. They're going for high quality, you know, <laughs> dramas and, and you know, Oscar Emmy winning performances and stuff. And I just, we tried a bunch of them. We couldn't get into them. We're just weird that way. So I was like, yeah, it's not for me, but I, I don't, I don't pay for Netflix or prime video or, or Hulu or any of that stuff. It's just okay. kind of a, we, we've, we've gone actively against the streaming revolution <laughs> we're, okay. we're boycotting everything oh, no, no. we, we gotta have a talk real quick because i know you had apple tv plus for a year did you get a chance to watch ted lasso no i didn't we never got into ted. <laughs> is that your favorite oh, come on so many good things oh man oh man <laughs> You need to get Apple TV uh, Plus just to watch Tag Lasso. You need to watch. Okay, I've heard that one recommended a lot, but every time my wife's like, ah, "I don't like the sports, anything sports related." <laughs> yeah. We haven't run, we haven't run out of watching free stuff, but I haven't used my Apple One free trial yet, so I'm kind of waiting for a good, like maybe when Ted Lasso is all out and all seasons are available, I'll. I'll go on the free trial and binge it in yeah, 30 days. Uh, <laughs> uh, season 2 premieres on July 23rd, but I think they do it weekly, so, I mean, it'll probably go from July probably to the end of August, I'm guessing, or whatever they do with that. Gotcha. Yeah. There's going to be some promo. Apple offers me three months of arcade oh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> they keep this, and I've already used my trial. They're like, hey, you want it again? You want it again? <laughs> we, we're not even about to talk about Apple Arcade. We, no, no, we're not even dealing with it. <laughs> we're done. No you, more arcade. You should definitely watch Ted Lasso if you get a chance. That that okay. It, it, it's bigger. Than, oh, I know. I know the port. The, the fourth aspect of it is the like the backdrop, but it's about it's a much bigger than just a fourth show. It, it's amazing. Okay. Okay. I've I've heard good things, so I I'll take your word for it. All right. So let's talk about the future of Apple events. So you, as you know, during uh, throughout the pandemic era. Uh, Apple have switched over to doing basically pre uh, pre prepared pre recorded li- uh, event, not mm-hmm. even live event. Event. Um, yeah. At some point, I imagine that we are going to go back to a uh, live Apple event, but probably not this year. Probably next year, I'm guessing. But um, maybe the pre recorded Apple events have been so good that I think there's a lot of people that don't want to go back to the live Apple event. Yeah. <laughs> um, curious to get your thoughts. I I personally hope that we don't. Uh, see the end of live event because I kind of want to go to one at some point in my lifetime. Oh, sure. But the sure. pre-recorded events are so so good. What are your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, I'm. I think I'm kind of in that camp of like I always saw myself watching them online anyway. <laughs> I just I'd kind of given up on the idea that I'd ever be invited to one. So I was just like, you know what? If we can keep these pre-recorded. <laughs> I don't really mind. Um, but at the same time. I don't mind if they go back. Uh, I, I feel like there could be an interesting mixture 
maybe they do some live some uh pre-recorded uh moving forward but like from a from a production value standpoint they're fascinating to watch uh far more fascinating in my opinion than the live events which i'm sure are amazing in person but like 99.9% of the people watching these events are not there in person so right. i feel right. like it's it's a lot better for most people um cuz like the the live events back when we had them are are pretty standard you know camera here camera here we track with tim he walks across the stage people clap um craig fails at face id and wipes his face off you know it's <laughs> there's it's more rusty it's not as polished there's more accidents and i know apple loves having control of things so i'd be pretty interested I, i'd be pretty curious to see if apple plans on just keeping it like this forever because they're like well people seem to like them they might even be cheap because they don't have to rent out giant venues fill them with you know 5000 people or whatever so I think I think there's definitely certain products, at least, that Apple would want the press to be there in person for. Right. The big one that comes to mind is like Apple Glass. Mm. If Apple ever came out with augmented reality glasses, I feel like that's something they would really, really want the media and press and YouTubers to try out so that they could talk about their experience instead of just live streaming. Hey, everyone, here it is. It, it works really well. Trust us. You know, they could do it either way, but if we're just talking like an event to talk about a, a, a new iPhone with a slightly better chip, that's where I'm like, yeah, that, do we really need to calls <laughs> and flights and everybody comes together just to be like, all right, a 15 chip. It's faster. All right. Thanks for watching everyone. And then they got to fly back and you know, a lot of journey. I, I just, I just never thought I would ever get to go to one anyway. So I, I kind of gave up on that dream. <laughs> I got you. So speaking of iPhone, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah. iPhone, uh, iPhone 13, iPhone 12, whatever the hell they call it. <laughs> I don't I don't know what more Apple can do with the iPhone. Um, obviously, the big rumor this year is the 120 hertz uh, promotion display probably coming. I'm guessing that's pretty much a, a lock at this point. Um, yeah. Oh, what else could Apple do with the iPhone to improve it? Because I'm I'm running out of ideas, bro. I don't know what else they could do, really. I'm very much in the same boat, which is why I'm I'm. I think after this year, I'm going to stop upgrading annually. Mm. Is my plan. I've been upgrading every year since 2016, and I felt like there have been a substantial amount of differences year over year to talk about, and we're we're running out of those quickly iPhone 12 felt like kind of a super cycle because, you know, the, the chassis was changed. The OLED was standard sizes and um, there's a lot of changes brought. Um, but after this now, I'm kind of, I too am struggling. Like, what can Apple do after this? And the only one that could partially come to mind, it's not a really big deal for me, but I could see it being a big de deal for others is uh, bringing back Touch ID. Mm. I feel like that's a feature that average consumers appreciate and it's it's a big deal outside of the tech community like i've i've run into people that i know for a fact you don't watch tech videos or anything but they'll they'll talk about oh i missed touch id or i want touch id to come back or i don't want to get a new phone because the new phones don't have touch id i've seen those arguments with everyday people in my life and i'm like okay so if apple actually made a device with both They've never had a device with two biometrics but i think they're going to quickly run out of things to add <laughs> so they're going to need to just being like, okay, not that we need two biometrics, but we kind of want people to find a reason to upgrade. Let's have a device with Face ID and Touch ID. But yeah, when it comes to features that everyday people would get excited for, you know, I, I think uh, 
improved telephoto lens or, or a slightly improved chip or better 5G, that's not going to get a bunch of people super pumped to upgrade. But maybe something like Touch ID could. 120 hertz even, I don't think is going to get average consumers excited. No. That's a techie thing. Yeah. So it's funny that you said that you are considering not upgrading annually after this year. So I got the iPhone 12 Pro Max. But recently, Drew, I've also mm -hmm. got my hands on the iPhone 12 mini. And oh, I you got both. I got both. And I have immensely enjoyed the iPhone 12 mini so much that this year, there's a good chance that I am not getting an iPhone 12 Pro Max this year. I'm probably really? Gonna, yeah, I'm probably going to get an iPhone 12 Pro or 12. I'm not getting a 12 Pro Max just because I've enjoyed using the smaller form factor that much. Nice. The mini has That's been fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. Because you've always been a very big phone guy. I think yeah. like I have in the past. They yeah. always go for the max. Get yeah, the always, ultra. Yeah. Or the fold. <laughs> Getting the biggest biggest possible phone every year and yeah it was it was just kind of refreshing to find a phone so much tinier than everything else that still had pretty premium uh features in it and that's the thing 12 mini has been selling like horribly i've been hearing that no one's buying it but everyone i've talked to who's bought it loves it yeah. like everyone i've i've seen yep. who's uh, tried one out has been like oh it's great i love it <laughs> even if they're coming from a huge phone so i i think it's a shame that it's not selling that well because i want apple to keep around but sales yeah. are probably going to make them get rid of it and you know what it is drew it's the vocal minority the vocal minority have been shouting yep. from the south about wanting a smaller iphone but when yeah. apple goes and puts out the smaller iphone where are you at you're not buying it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah yeah. but yeah i Some i definitely have enjoyed my time with the 12 mini for sure Nice. Some people I saw theorizing that the reason 12 mini didn't sell well is because the iPhone SE2 came out yeah, earlier yeah, in the year and everybody who wanted a small, cheap phone got that one. So they kind of see they cannibalize their own product. Yeah, cannibalize it, right? <laughs> <laughs> people were like, well, I have an iPhone 6 and I want to upgrade. This phone's cheap and it works exactly the way my 6 does. So I can adjust to that pretty easily. Um, and the 12 mini was was small and people like that, but it, the price was pretty high. Um, so maybe that scared away people who like the smaller phones. But as long as we're getting better battery life on it this year, yeah. who knows? Maybe we'll save it. <laughs> maybe they'll they'll keep it around if the 13 mini sells well enough. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I would ever get another 12 uh, a mini iPhone. But yeah. definitely, I'm, I'm definitely interested in getting a smaller iPhone this year because I just love the fact that it's more pocketable easier oh, to yeah. use with one hand like the thing that i enjoyed a lot about this using the phone build to use it with one hand like i'm like man Easy. I do it easily yes you don't, do you even use reachability on there no not at all mm -mm. yeah you don't even need it nope. <laughs> it's funny not that it's still there you could still swipe from the bottom but with the mini being so uh small yeah you can reach everything with one finger one hand and i'm worried that you know i'm a big 120 hertz fan so i'm planning on getting the pro max this year but i'm worried that when i switch back to that it's going to be so heavy and bulky i'm not going to like it <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely a, a tale of two world for sure yeah maybe so let's know. talk about what you are on right now uh let, let's completely uh shift the conversation sure uh, starlink uh, you are on Starlink, but the people that yes. are watching and, and listening to this podcast might not be familiar. So since you are using it and you're on it, can you please talk about what it is and your experience using it? So Starlink is basically redesigning satellite internet from the ground up. We've had satellite internet for decades, but it's pretty much been high earth geosynchronous orbits. And that means low speed, very high latency and data caps. 
And Starlink is being done by SpaceX, who has rapidly decreased the cost of getting uh, cargo to space through reusable Falcon rockets. And they're taking off all the time now and landing, and it's becoming an everyday thing to just see rockets landing in the middle of the ocean on drone ships, which is cool. But because of that rapid reusable rockets, they've been able to get, instead of a couple satellites up there for satellite internet, now having thousands so now they have over 1500 satellites that are not geosynchronous which means they're not moving at the rate of earth's rotation and there's just basically a giant net of satellites covering the globe and because they're low earth orbit satellites and because the uh the bandwidth is uh more dense we can achieve higher speeds there's no data caps on starlink and it's not impacted by the weather i i had hughes net which is like basic what satellite internet used to be way back when I was still in the attic days. And if it got cloudy, our internet shut off. Back when I was in the attic days, we had a basic satellite internet called HughesNet. And if it was cloudy, the internet cut out. Like if it was rain, we just lost internet because it couldn't communicate with the satellite. Whereas now we've gone through hailstorms with Starlink where there's like ice pellets raiding from the sky and it is still maintaining a connection over 200 megabits down so it's not meant to replace fiber optic you know it's if you have fiber available or if you have um even cable access it's it's probably not really meant to compete with you but in my opinion it's bringing internet to a much more uh uh important demographic of people who don't have fiber don't have cable that can sustain high bandwidth and and that's like billions of people on earth still don't have access to like solid internet connections and um, Starlink is is basically going to provide coverage anywhere on the surface of the planet. So you could be in the middle of the ocean on a boat. You could be in a plane. As long as you have a line of sight of the sky, doesn't even have to be a clear day. You'll be able to have um, eventually internet speeds around gigabit. Right now it's around 200 uh, down and around 30 up. Um, but again, it's in the beta process right now. It's not officially rolled out to the public yet. Um, but I've been testing it since February. And it's improved a lot. Obviously, during the beta, they said to expect occasional dropouts and little intermittent um, uh, points where the service goes out. But I can say confidently since February, it's it's gotten way more stable. It's gotten faster. It's gotten more reliable. And um, I'm loving it because I hate Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember that, I remember the video you were talking about that, but... That is cool for like rural areas because we're always talking about getting coverage out in rural areas and right. you don't get the, the high speed internet out in rural areas all that mm -hmm. often. So to have satellite internet that is actually reliable and with high speeds like that, that could be crucial for rural areas. So that's pretty awesome. And I love the idea in the future that you don't have to be like the, the main reason I moved out uh, and moved into that office way back in 2017 was simply because the house I was living at as uh, crappy internet like all they had was some crappy AT&T plan and it was garbage it was like 10 down less than one up so I was always having to drive to my friend's house to either live stream or upload videos work out of that house so I had to move simply to get better internet and that's been a lot of people's stories of like I can't I work from home my internet sucks or I need to move here because the internet's better literally just so much of where people live is dictated on internet and Starlink would allow you to, you know, with so many jobs letting you work remotely now, 
Starlink would technically, if, if you have an online job like my wife does, we could live in the middle of the woods. We could live way out in the middle of nowhere. We could live in a, a snowy mountain somewhere. You could live anywhere and still have a solid connection. You could you could live on a boat and have and be able to live stream like we are right now. You could you could do 1080p live streams from any point on Earth, which I think is is definitely a game changer and. It's supposed to be getting faster over time as they add more satellites to the fleet. And um, it's $100 a month, $500 up front. So it's a bit pricey right now, but there's talk that they want to bring it down eventually. And for me, at least, that was cheaper than what Comcast was charging me. So we're saving money. <laughs> yeah, hey, that went up, man. That went up. Yo, mm -hmm. shout out to Mahat. What's up, Mahat? Appreciate you, man. Uh Thank you for the super chat. He says, a uh, uh, long time, little fever. Say, to long time fan question. iPhone suddenly disappear. What's the Android phone you guys with daily drive? Um, uh, well, that needs to be, uh, I would just, I don't have it on me, of course, naturally, but <laughs> yeah. in my kitchen, I have my Galaxy yeah. Fold 2. So it'd be my Galaxy Fold 2, probably. That's a good choice. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, well, if I can't use an iPhone, I probably want something really different that has something, but I don't know. It got, it got kind of bricky for me. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> thick when folded up and in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think the OnePlus uh, Pro, uh, the Nine Pro, is the Nine Pro out yet? Yeah, I, I lose track. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're on Nine or Nine T, or yeah. I think we're on Nine. But um, yeah, I like I like their fast charging stuff, and I like wireless charging. And I've always been very very jealous that OnePlus has these super fast wireless charging options. Those are cool to me, and I've really enjoyed using OnePlus phones when I had them. The only downside over Samsung's have been the camera that I can remember, and I don't care. <laughs> the camera's good enough on the on the Nine Pro, so I'll take yeah. a Nine Pro. I think. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So uh, we have reached the Q and A portion of the podcast. All right, James, you are live on Vibe Drive. What's up, man? What's going on, Viper? How you doing today? Doing good. How you doing? I'm good. So I have a question. Um, do you guys think that the MacBooks are going to come in the iPhone event in September, or will it just be reserved for maybe something in October or November? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. Usually, Apple likes to reserve iPhone, basically just iPhones and Apple Watch. But what do you think, Drew? Yeah, if you're asking what I want, definitely September. I want them. Well, I want them tomorrow. You know, if they could launch them anytime, I I, I see no reason to wait on these uh, new MacBook Pros. But if you're asking what I predict, like based on Apple's past history, yeah, probably makes more sense for them to do it at a separate event, just because. You're right. They like to do the iPhone and the Apple Watch together and maybe throw in some AirPods in there. And I think Apple likes their their big product launches to have like breathing time in the media. So you got iPhone season where the uh, the press can talk about them. And if you announce the amazing new MacBook Pros and the new iPhones at the same time, they kind of clutter the media. Everything happens at once. So Apple would rather dominate the news cycle for two months instead of all at once but that makes me sad because i don't want to wait till october <laughs> <laughs> i want them now <laughs> yeah yeah no because mm. it's like yeah because when i think was it the report from digitime said that oh like expect new macbooks in q3 or yeah. it's like saying um iphones and macbooks like 
in the same cycle don't like make zero sense unless unless like the iPhones are just and this is like and this is and this is like a weird case. That's if like the unless the iPhones are nothing to talk about and then it's like it's all about the Mac. Yeah. It's a good point. iPhones don't have much going for them this year. <laughs> I don't know. iPhone will always be something to talk about regardless of what's going on. So that, that will never be They're going to say 120 uh, hertz. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thanks, yeah. everyone. <laughs> 100, yeah, like 120 hertz, better battery life. Oh, God. And what else? And better camera. 5G I still mean, exists. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, five G. Five G. Oh god, it's nice. That's what. Michael, cool. you're on. You're on Vibe Drive, bro. What's up? What's up, guys? What's up, Viper? What's up, Jerry? Good to see you. I mean, hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you. Uh, just a just a general wonderment question. But what's what's the next big feature you would like to see to an Apple product uh, that could work in the ecosystem? Ooh. Hmm. Software or hardware? Either or. Oh, okay. Then I'm my my top requested feature by far that I want more than anything is a dual boot Mac OS option on the iPad, <laughs> which Apple could do at any time. They could just issue an update, just be like, hey, if you want to run Mac OS on the iPad, you can't. I would I would cry tears of joy if they announced that at some point. Oh, but my mom, we all would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all would. I think for uh, for me though, I want the Apple AR glasses. That would just be oh, that that too. Utterly amazing. Oh man, that's I a good one. Those come out. Those are going to be mind blowing. That could be amazing. I think that's my prediction on Apple's next big thing. You know, yeah. we're talking iPhone, big deal. Apple Watch, big announcement. The glasses, I think, are bigger than HomePod. I don't know if I really count that, <laughs> but <laughs> the glasses yeah. that literally changes everything about the ecosystem. I would agree with you on that, to be honest, because if, we all know that like Google have done their own Google Glass and things like that there, but mm -hmm. Apple, Apple will truly make it go mainstream. Um, oh yeah, as they do with most of their stuff, you know. So once they have, once they have that out and they open and mainstream, my God, is that gonna that's gonna be epic? Very amazing. Once it's out, I just <laughs> it feels like every year we're, we're thinking it's a year away <laughs> for yeah. like four I'm years now. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, Michael, appreciate the question, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank no you, Ocker. You're on Viper. What's up, bro? What's up, Viper? What's up, Drew? How you guys doing? Doing good, man. How good. you doing? Good, Drew. I got a question because I've actually been watching you for a few years now. What got you super into like the Apple? Eagle? Like, what was that thing where you're like, yeah? This is it. I love this thing. It's <laughs> a good question. I, I, <laughs> it sounds weird, but I'd have to say my dad, the school teacher for many years. And when we grew up, basically he was, he was the OG Apple sheep. He only bought Apple, uh, Max. And we, when, when I was real young, we had a, uh, Macintosh, uh, Quadra or Performa. And, when I was young, that's all I knew. That was like the computer, <laughs> just the, app, the the Mac. And I, I once I started going to school, I discovered PCs and everything else. I was like, oh, there's non-Apple computers. And I asked dad, I was like, what, why don't we get those? And he was like, oh, they suck. <laughs> you know, we want a Mac. We're a Mac family. This is what we get. And 
then my parents started getting iPods and I would mess around with those. And so it's just kind of run in the family, I guess. Everyone was always on Team Apple. So that's what I grew up with. And once I got into high school, I started messing around with outside. Like I had a PC for like six years. So it's not like I'm completely, (laughs) I won't touch anything not made by Apple. I did, I did try out Android phones for extended periods of time. And I tried uh, surface devices and, and custom built PCs and stuff. And after trying them, I was like, yeah, I want to go back. <laughs> I don't I don't like this. So it it started as like what the family was all used to and then um I think it wasn't until like my freshman year of high school where I kept asking my mom and dad. I was like, "I want to buy an iPad. I want to buy an iPad." And they're like, "It's too much money. We don't want you to have an iPad." And eventually they were like, "Okay, you need a phone. So you can't buy an iPad, but you can buy an, an iPhone 5." Um and that was like my first, you know, cellular device. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So I guess I was impressed by that. And I've yet to be uh, not impressed by new Apple hardware that comes out every year. <laughs> and I, long before then, I was watching lots of tech videos uh, way before I even started making tech videos. I was watching Marquez, John Morrison, Soldier Knows Best, um, Austin Evans. Uh, I was watching all those guys. I, I never really originally planned to make my own tech videos. I just thought... I like watching unboxing videos and stuff. And now uh, I was trying to make YouTube videos for, uh, you know, like movies and action scenes and drama and that kind of thing. And I was like, well, no one watches these, but I really seem to like these tech videos. Maybe I should try making those. And that seemed to work out pretty well. So, yeah, runs in the family. (laughs) There you go. Yo, Oscar, appreciate you coming up, man. Thank you. All right. We got Mahat up here. What's up, man? You're on Wipe Drive. Hey, there you are. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? Hey, um, I'm doing as good as I can. Um, I'm content of uh, both you guys. Uh, I think I ended up giving Viper somewhere in the range of like 40 to 50 bucks because he had a chat with um, uh, Juan Carlos Bagnell, the homie, which is nice. And yeah, really informative and uh, glad to be here. So I'm going to get you guys brain working for a second if you don't mind. All right, what you got for it? Top five things you what's in the iPhone 13 line and top five things you want Apple to ditch in the, in the iPhone 13 line. Interesting. All right. I lost <laughs> a little bit of that. Did you catch the question? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put you on mute for a minute because you got some noise in the background, bro, but uh, I'll, you can unmute in a minute. All right. So he said top five things we want to see in the iPhone 13 and then the top five things that we wish Apple would drop from iPhone. Uh-huh. Ooh. Oh, okay. all okay. right. So number one thing that Apple needs to drop is the notch. Well, I think we're, we're, we're over it. I mean, it's been here for like, what, four years now? It could go. It can go bye-bye. Mm. Um, I might have a different number one. Okay. I mean, I mean, these are in no particular order, but I need to just... Yeah. Oh, okay. Any five. Any five. Yeah. Uh, the other another one to add. Yep. They need to drop lightning. <laughs> oh, Take- oh, hold on, y'all. I got to do it real quick. I got to do it real quick. <laughs> kill off lightning i would be so glad if they got rid of it even oh, if it was portless fired. Fired on the podcast. <laughs> that's great i love that uh i would love no lightning no notch that would be wonderful but probably not gonna happen um oh th- this might restrict just to the pros but i would love them to drop stainless steel i don't know how you feel about it oh. but i don't like I don't like that glossy oh. fingerprint magnet. What? Are, Are you, you a fan of that? Hate on this. This is beautiful. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> You're like Nick. My my friend Nick loves the stainless steel. I I can't stand it. I hate all the fingerprints on it, and I love the frosted glass. I just hate that when you're choosing between entry iPhone and pro iPhone, you have to choose where you want your fingerprints. Do you want them on the side or the back? All right. Now, let me ask you a follow-up question. How do you feel about stainless steel frames on the Apple Watch? Uh, they look good. I mean, you're not holding it as much, yeah. so I feel like it's okay. It's not my favorite. I still, I still like the matte chassis, but the main reason I like the stainless steel watches is for the sapphire glass because those... I've used those in the past and they age so well. They they will not scratch. It's incredible. Um, but with the iPhone, especially a big one like the Max, I wish they would just use like a lighter metal because steel's pretty heavy. So if they made it even out of something premium, like a titanium chassis or or just brushed aluminum or something, or even just steel that was brushed so that my fingerprints weren't all over it. I don't know. Frosted glass and aluminum, yeah. Like Jonathan Anderson said, <laughs> that's what I want. So uh, um, let's think that we, I want them to add to iPhone. We were talking about this earlier. I oh, have yeah, been yeah. for years about the lack of multiple biometric points of entry on iPhone. It is time for Apple to add multiple biometric points of entry. I mean, the sure. shown us that you can't just have one. You got to have multiple. So yeah. bring face ID on, bring touch ID on, on the same iPhone, Apple, it's time. It's just make it happen already. You could um, have super secure unlocking or not make people have to choose because a lot of people prefer touch id yep i prefer face id personally but um i i think letting people choose would be great having both is wonderful let's see what, what, else, could they add or, what else could they add or drop so we're talking about five things that we wish they would they would add to iphone five i guess they would drop 120 hertz they haven't added that yep. technically yet yep. so that's that's an obvious one yep. um i would love a uh further telephoto lens zoom Ooh, okay. okay like i i'm pretty jealous of a lot of those samsung galaxy telephoto lenses they're okay. really they, they zoom in far that i don't know if apple needs 100x but something better than 2.5 could do better than that i think yeah yeah that that would, that would definitely be interesting um i mean obviously better better cameras are always pointed but the iphone cameras are pretty good as they are actually I, the do know what I, so good. I, I do know what i want on iphone okay. better portrait mode uh, which mm. is a problem since there's a lidar sensor on there, but the pixel still making it look bad. So if they, oh, can, get really? that, if they can get on that pixel level portrait mode, I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, better portrait mode. Yeah. Did you see that rumor about portrait mode video? Um, no. Uh, are we going to? Are we bringing that to iPhone? Apparently, like, maybe. I guess it's a possibility. I've seen it done on Samsungs, and I haven't been too impressed. So I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if Apple decides that it's not up to their standards and they end up not doing it, but. I'd be curious to see them try now that they got LiDAR. Maybe they could make a really uh, accurate uh, bokeh video. But like you said, they're not even getting bokeh right with pictures. <laughs> Why yeah. do we, yeah. Let's fix that first. I mean, I mean, definitely better than it happened in the past. But yeah, there are still some aspects of portrait mode that can you work on iPhone for sure. For sure. Um, I, <laughs> I said they should drop lightning. So I'll say they should add USB-C. <laughs> You and the rest of the world. You and the rest of the world, man. That that would be cool. That that you know what? That's that's a problem with the each uh, the ecosystem as a whole, though. There yeah. is no like singular charging method for the entire ecosystem. You got lightning, you got USB-C, and then you got inducted with the Apple Watch. There's no single way to charge all the Apple products, which is kind of mind-boggling. You would think that Apple would be better than that, but yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it's kind of annoying having to carry yeah. a charging cable if you're going on a trip or something yeah, yeah. It, it there's like a it's a it you can't 
please everyone either because yeah if you switch to USB-C, everyone's going to get mad that their old cables and accessories don't work. Yep. And if you keep lightning, all these people are like, well, we're using USB-C on our MacBooks and iPads, so why can't we use it on the iPhone? Um, and I was hoping Apple would show some kind of progress, you know, like at least switching the uh, iMac accessories to USB-C, but they didn't even do that. And there's not a great reason to because they include a USB-C to lightning cable with the iMac. They could have just swapped that out for a USB-C cable and just made the magic keyboard and the magic mouse USB-C, but they didn't even want to do that. So there's so many circumstances where I take my iPad and we're watching a show or something in bed and my wife's iPhone charger is right there. iPad battery gets low and she wants to plug it in. And I'm like, sorry. That's lightning. We can't charge it. We need a different cable. <laughs> Even though Apple created both ends, they made your phone, they made this iPad, they made the cables. It, it doesn't work. We got to get a different cable. Yo, I see my man boarded work in the uh, Twitter space. I would love to get your thoughts on what Apple could add to iPhone since I know how much you love to hate Apple. <laughs> so you can come up here and let me know. <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, simply pop into acting if you sold your iP- uh, uh, magic keyboard. Oh, yeah, he got rid of it. It's gone, bro. It's this morning. There. Like minutes before we went live, like I just met up with the guy and he was uh, he tested it. He liked it. It paid in cash. So I'm like, all right, that sucker's gone. I'm ready to make the switch to an 11 inch at some point in the future. Or I think I'm just going to hold on to my 2018 Pro as long as I can. I'm just yeah. see how long it lasts. There's not a ton of reasons to upgrade it. So, oh, my God, you all. We have a treat on the podcast because we have just been joined by the legendary Thunder E Border Work. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I had to bring you up here because we're talking about things that Apple could add to iPhone to make it better. And I know how much you are anti-Apple <laughs> sometimes. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, they need to add a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, besides the obvious, you know, uh, lightning to USB-C, um, you know, all that stuff to me is just it's an accessory play. That market is so big for them, how much money they make licensing. So I don't know if that's going to be soon where they make that switch. And I think they can do another year with the 13 where it still will be lightning and no one will complain. I mean, we will complain, but the general, <laughs> general public, <laughs> yeah, general public just won't complain. Um, but what I want to see though, software wise, I want to see true multitasking. None of that. Half mm. the stuff that they have on the yeah. iPhone. I'm sorry. We've had this on Android for years. Yes. Almost <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Um, and then I want to be able to close out all my applications. Oh, yeah. Yes! Yes! It's amazing that's still not there. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. And I want better notifications because notifications are still trash. (laughs) Sorry. I I can't, like, especially especially for for people like us who wear, if you have a lot of notifications coming from YouTube, Twitter, all your social apps, and also email, then it's just a hellhole. Like I, I literally just turn off notifications completely on my iPhone just because it's you know it's just terrible to navigate all around. I mean, I think on the hardware side, I do agree. I can't remember who said um, wanted telephoto zoom, uh, better telephoto zoom. I, I think two point five is it's nice, but it, it really doesn't do the job. And a lot of people you said initially when I think it was. Um, Huawei first released the first uh, telephoto zoom, uh, 5XL photo zoom camera, like what do you need it for? And you realize when you travel a lot, 
that's when you're going to take a lot of photos of, you know, monument sites. You don't have to be too close. You right. can get uh, a nice view of, of things. I think it adds a lot just to photography in general, where, you know, like I'm, I'm taking some trips this summer. I'm going mm -hmm. to Copenhagen and I'm like, yeah, I can take my environment in, you know, in different, you know, focal lengths and different from different distances. So stuff like that, I think is great. I think on the camera side though, They've done a solid job. I agree with you, um, uh, Viper, that the, uh, what do you call it again? Portrait mode uh, yeah. definitely needs work. Yeah. I think it's currently worse than the Galaxy. It's degraded for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think they've just, they've done some tweaks and it just kind of has fallen off. Video for them has been stellar. So one, yep. No, no complaints there. Uh, portrait video though, I don't think, I don't think they'll do it because um uh it wasn't actually it wasn't samsung who did bokeh video it was uh lg and mm. ah, carrier that didn't uh, work out for them <laughs> yeah it didn't work out for them because also the book i mean bokeh video if you're staying stationary was fine and yeah. like movements at the time was just you know completely off um and um and i don't think apple is going to mess around with that stuff unless they truly have it um you know uh working man i, I don't think i think that's going to be just difficult in general sure yeah, yeah you break you make Fair a lot enough. of points man uh yeah the 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 telephoto uh lens zoom it's not something that i thought about but I, I do agree with you guys they could make it better it would be kind of cool um mm -hmm. yeah definitely the, the portrait mode uh any additional thoughts about this true no i agree i mean i <laughs> I've gotten used to iOS notifications over the years, so I guess it's not as big a deal for me. But <laughs> I, I'm all for oh, better man. notifications. Oh man, coming coming in as an like uh, as an Android user, especially when I I decided to use uh, I I did a video on it earlier this year, but I used the iPhone as my main device for like two months, and it was painful. It was absolutely <laughs> painful. Here you go. You know, it's an interesting like, curve. Stuff has gotten better. I mean, like, if you asked me to switch to an iPhone three years ago, I would literally stone you with the iPhone. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because one of the things that used to piss me off that they fixed, it was a camera app. The camera app, everybody, I remember, like, a lot of YouTubers then would say, oh, it's a great app. It's simple. I'm like, simplicity does not take away from function. And, you know, back then, you couldn't change your camera, um, uh, what do you call it, name? Uh, frame rate and resolution. Yeah, frame rate resolution. Thank you. Uh, frame rate resolution yeah. in the app. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, what if I'm at my kid's soccer game and I'm literally recording at, say, 4K and I want to do slow mo because you know what? They're close to the goal. I have to go into settings, find the camera app in settings, and then change it. I'm like, by the time they either scored or they like, literally, somebody's kicked my kid in the face. One of the two. <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> Yeah, that one drove me nuts. I don't know why that took him so long. And, and the other yeah. thing about that is that the control panel, which you can access from anywhere on iOS, does not have the settings app in it, and you can't put it in the control panel, which really boggled my mind. I don't, I don't understand mm. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's designed to me. I think overall, I feel iOS, uh, not well, the next version of iOS. iOS needs a complete change because iOS doesn't scale properly for larger devices, no, which is the reason why everybody always says, oh, I'm back to the 12. I can't use the iPhone 12, it's too small for me. Uh, mm. It really is. 
Um, so I always stick with the Pro Max, hmm. but the Pro Max doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you're taking advantage of that real estate number no, one. You're and not. Also, and also again, just the the layout doesn't feel like it's taking advantage of of what you should do with the site. It's almost like it's not they've not scaled it properly. I mean, you know, in that sense, I mean, they've done the, the separation for iPadOS, which is great, but they haven't done that scalability well for iOS itself for, you know, regular size uh, iPhones to the Pro Max. Yeah, that goes back to what you were saying earlier, E. Uh, Apple needs to add actual multi-tack into iOS because it's still not there all these years later. I mean, the little app which thing we got going on is cute, but that's not real multi-tack. Stop <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Um, okay, can, can somebody tell me this? Because I don't get, I don't get, I, I never got this. Everybody, when Apple introduced a new widget to, to iOS, everyone was freaking out. I, I just didn't understand it because you couldn't put your widgets in any location you wanted to. You had to, you, it's so weird. You had to place it using the apps to basically space it out, which to me is dumb, which is another thing needs to be fixed. I should be able to uh, customize my home screen any way I want, especially now that we've got the, the app drawer, no, not the app drawer, basically the, the own version of the app drawer. I should be able to move any app to any position on the own home screen without being always tied to the top left-hand corner. Why? Speaking from a true Android user. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, They've had that since day one. This is, no, this is a PC user. I like my wallpapers. I do comic book wallpaper. I don't want to see my... I really don't want to see apps on top of my wallpapers. That's just me personally. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I can't move it, and when people when people got widgets, everyone like it's so cool. And I'm looking at how people are setting up widgets. You're using your apps to force the widgets. You're using the widgets to force your apps around. I'm like, this is dumb. This is absolutely dumb. I don't like widgets yeah. <laughs> either, <laughs> but I. Always not been a place for me to look at my wallpaper. It's always just been like, how do I get to where I want to get? I'm, I'm going to use my phone. I'm going to try to get to this app. It's, I guess, Android's always from the beginning tried to make it more of like a looks clean from the home screen, and then you swipe up to access all your apps or go to your app drawer or whatever. Whereas I've been on iPhone for so long, I've just always been used to like everything the phone can do. I want to be on the front screen, less steps, less yeah. opening. You can customize it the way you want an Android. I know, but, um, I was just, I, I, I think I've just learned differently over the years. <laughs> I mean, I, w I would say you've been forced differently. I will always stick by that. Apple has not, does not give consumers choice. They give you a limited pathway of two paths. That's just literally what they do. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, like you just said, you be, you're used to it being this way, as opposed to here are the options for you and whatever fits you best. Because Apple says we know what fits you best. Like uh, having multiple different charging options for their fleet of devices. You know, mm -hmm. um, I thought. You know, I remember when I first got an Apple Watch, and I literally returned it because I thought it was Chi Wow and charge. I didn't realize it was it was contact based. I was like, this mm -hmm. is forget it. I'm a, done. Like, mm -hmm. even though it's a great device, I'm not saying it's a bad device. I'm just saying that like, those are the kind of things they do, which honestly, we know very well, they could have done Chi wireless charging on there if they wanted to. They could have uh, streamlined things so it's USB Type-C at some point, but they don't. And we can speculate whether it's uh, 
uh, a money grab, an accessory play, or just the fact that they're not ready to change yet. Yeah, yeah, I've tried Android several times on extended periods and, and had the customization. And I think sometimes people don't want that much control. Sometimes people just want, you know, they, they want the valet to take their car and park it for them. They want uh, a company to step in and say, okay, we'll handle the back end and you just do what you got to do. And that's why I think a lot of people are comfortable with iOS is it doesn't have the best customization, but it's just been reliable in that it does what it's supposed to. And people don't spend hours a day working on their wallpaper and rearranging their apps or working on widgets. They just, they like leave. I know tons of people that leave the default wallpaper on for years and they've literally never changed it because they don't care. They just don't mind the way it is. I mean, I guess the argument is just half the world is, doesn't really want to do any work on their devices, right? Because they're not yeah. Apple, Apple, Apple owns about 30% of the market share. Android owns much more. Uh, I think 70, maybe 60. I could be wrong. Andrew probably will probably gauge it. I think that. it's around 70. Yeah. 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 And that, and that number. So 30% of the world is lazy. I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right here, man. Well, there's a big <laughs> gap in price, too. That's probably most of the deciding factor. <laughs> Yeah, that too. But yeah, to, to you, yeah. Uh, like, like Drew was saying, though, um, iOS is for the people that don't want to do much work on their iPhone. Hell, before I used an iPhone, I was using Android. I used to root my Androids. I used to customize them to my heart with contempt. I just got tired of doing all that, and I pushed the I, to iPhone, and I'm like, all right, cool. I got to do maybe a couple things with the iPhone, and, and we're good to go. So like like uh, Drew was saying, everybody doesn't want to go through all that customizing thing. Sometimes you want it to just work, <laughs> which is what I was the model with. So, I mean, oh, I think iMessage like like is it's a great example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, iMessage is a good example. Um, and that's probably one of the best things they've done um, as a messaging system. But then the other half of me, the reason why like, I always fight with Apple a lot is because on one hand, they give you something that feels like the golden fruit, right? iMessage, the way it works, its functionality. On another hand, for someone like me, which, you know, you don't realize unless you switch devices. When they had the issue where I remember I took my SIM from um, my Galaxy device, I put it into the iPhone. I was using the iPhone for a bit. I was like, you know what? Let me just try. So this was like a few years back. Was, let me just, you know, let me just experience this. So I don't come off as being that guy who just hates Apple stuff. And I was like, yeah, there's some things I don't like. Some things I like, I switch back, and this literally was ruining my dating life. Anytime I sent text messages back to someone on an iPhone, they never received it. Because Apple, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they did something where you would have to go back to the iPhone, uh, switch a sender off in text messages so that you can actually send it. Because yep. it's literally lost your sale. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Why? <laughs> I know why they don't want you going nowhere. It's not a matter to me. That is, that is a very evil practice. It's not about going anywhere. Convince me to stay. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, <laughs> Apple always talks about like, when we talk about privacy issues, like to me, that's worse than even the privacy issues with companies like Facebook or Google, because this is America, right? Our credit card companies have stolen information a long time ago. Forget what Facebook does. I'm not saying you should, but I'm just saying like when Apple says you are tied to me and I can't forget, I mean, I'm not talking just my dating life, but it affected a lot of that because I'll send, I used to send, I'll send text messages and my dates are like, I haven't heard from you in like three days. I'm like, I sent you all this stuff. They're like, you're lying, you know, but I'm just saying that that 
that's the kind of stuff that to me is so annoying, but it's such a, and when it came out, a lot of like, you know, tech reviewers who are big Apple fans were like, ah, oh, you know, you know, something that Apple has to fix. I'm like, no, that is just purely evil because you're trying ways to make it look like it sucks. Another example is Bluetooth headphones, right? Now the iPhone, like any other phone has Bluetooth, which means any pair of headphones should work. But I have noticed consistently that there are certain companies where you try to connect headphones, it's just an issue where it would just not connect. And I go to a PC, it connects immediately. I go to an Android phone, it connects, and I'm going, what is the problem here? I remember I gave, I gave uh, my wife a pair of Huawei Buds uh, because she, she likes the fit because, you know, it had the same design as the, um, uh, the AirPods, the original AirPods. And she didn't like the AirPods itself, but she liked the fit of this one. So I'm like, yeah, just use it with your, your iPhone. So like, I can't connect it. It just won't connect. Mm. And then I'm like, try connecting it on your, um, on your iMac. It wouldn't connect. Then I brought a PC laptop, connected immediately. Mm. I gave her, I gave her, I, she had like a, like an S10, 10 plus as well. I like a second device connected immediately. I'm like, what's the problem? Yeah. Where's the problem? Reminds me of Sony and Nintendo. They've got the, they've got the Bluetooth, but they don't want to support it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. Yo, uh, yo, E, I appreciate you coming up, man. So thank you, sir. Appreciate the time, bro. No problem. You let me vent for for a minute. Now I can I can go back and do some work. Thank you. <laughs> I've never heard of the Bluetooth headphone thing. I've, I've, That's I've, interesting. I've, I've heard of it a couple of times where people have had issues uh, connecting Bluetooth to iOS devices, mm. which is kind of strange because again, it is a general Bluetooth device, so most devices should. Connect. Yeah, it's, I I use a third-party Bluetooth transmitter in my car pretty much any any time I get in there, and I've I had Bluetooth headphones before AirPods existed too that I used all the time. Maybe when AirPods came out, they were like, eh, don't let it work anymore." <laughs> all right, we got a last question coming from Eighth. We're gonna bring him up here, let him speak his piece, and then we're going to conclude this podcast. I appreciate all y'all listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube. Appreciate you guys listening on Twitter, Facebook. So thank you. We yes, now you. have a Rock Cola in the building on Twitter. What's up, Eighth? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing real good. Appreciate you bringing me up, uh, Drew. Got yeah. one serious question. I got a serious question for you, man. I mean, I've, okay. I've I've listened to the podcasts and I've watched your videos. Is Randy really that funny and charming in really in real life? I mean, come on. Is he? To be honest, yeah, he's very, very charming. <laughs> There's no way around it, and I cannot deny. <laughs> and, and, and Nick, well, Nick is and Nick is Nick, but Randy's really charming. He really. He really <laughs> I just wanted to come up here and just say, you know, uh, appreciate you guys, what you're doing. Love the video. It's in his eyes. Podcast. Yeah, it is in his eyes. And you know what? <laughs> he's very musically talented, too. He's got, that kid's mm -hmm. got too much going on, so. but <laughs> yes, uh, uh, yes, he does. <laughs> That's a great but, question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you guys, have, you guys have a great one. I appreciate it. No Thanks, problem. Ace. Take care. <laughs> Appreciate you, Ace. Thank you. Um, for those of y'all uh, listening on audio only, thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Drive. I uh, appreciate my man Drew making the time. Uh, if you want to go check out his YouTube channel, you should definitely should. His information will be in the show notes. Again, if you guys want to support the podcast, there should be a Buy Me Coffee link down there as well. Not required, but anything you're willing to contribute, greatly appreciate it. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, please consider leaving a rating or review. 
to let people know or let more people know about the podcast. And uh, again, thank you for listening to another episode of Vibe Drive. But until the next time, people, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. Don't come back. Bomar. And this is your Apple Sheep here. I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>